you're listening to hashtag no filter with zach peter what is going on everybody i'm your host zach peter and you can follow me at just plain zach if you're not doing so already i'm really really excited because today's episode like there's a little nostalgia we're doing some throwbacks i was obsessed i literally i think i actually have a um, a dvd packet of i think the first season of flavor of love and i was like obsessed with all of those vh1 reality shows um flavor of love rock of love i love new york i love money like i literally watched all of them, and then rewatched all of them. Um, and I'm super excited because today's guest, um, she was the star at that time. She, I mean, she's a bigger star to me than Flavor Flav ever was. Um, and to help me break break today's show down, I have my guest co-host back on Hashtag No Filter. Welcome back, Keith Andre. Thank you. I'm happy to be back. How are you? I'm great. Super excited to be here, of course. Yes. And we're drinking some dry farm wines. Hey this now. is my favorite. Cheers. My favorite hangover free wine. Oh, it good. is so good. Yeah, you're, you're not going to be, you'll get fucked up, but you won't be like fucked up the next morning. <laughs> um, and okay, so now I'm really excited because today's guest is Tiffany Pollard, AKA New York from all of my favorite VH1 shows. Hi, Tiffany. <laughs> Hey, Zach. How you doing, sweetheart? I am so good. I just watched you um, on Famously Single, and then I was listening to you on uh, Make Spidey Famous Again, the podcast, and I'm like... (laughs) obsessed literally and then i followed you and then you you were talking about how you need more followers on social media so i went over there and i followed you on all my all the social media i was like yes this is my new queen thank you i'm so glad that you hopped on over there and followed me but i must admit i'm also glad that i didn't have to be sober tonight because i hear that y'all over there sipping as well because i damn sure got me a a big old glass of champagne yes (laughs) cheers (laughs) (laughs) okay Okay, so before we dive deep into it tiffany i need to ask you my icebreaker questions are you ready okay first question what's one word your mom would use to describe you oh that's easy hard hard (laughs) headed hard headed because my mom oh my gosh we have such a wonderful relationship but at the same time she knows no matter how much she yells, no matter how pissed off she gets at me, I'm going to do whatever the hell it is I want to do. <laughs> so she was she would describe me as hard headed. I love that. We saw a lot of her on on the shows. Mm-hmm. How is your relationship still as tight as it was then? Well, my mom and I. It's so funny because you know when we did family therapy and things like that, when you guys saw us interacting. You know, that's just only one facet of how we get along. But my mom is just such a wonderful, understanding woman. And everything that she does, she, like, literally does it for the betterment of my position in life. So, I mean, we may not see eye to eye on certain things, how she feels about guys or different things like that. But it's all out of love, the fact that she wants the absolute best for me. I love it. Okay, give me a fun fact. What's one thing about you people would not expect? <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. A fun fact that people would not expect to know. Um, well, I don't have it anymore, but when I was, you know, a youngster, I used to have an obsession with boogers. Mm. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I did not expect that. At all. But I'm like, literally, like, just inspect them and 
and like look over the textures and stuff like that. What? And I used to bring like boogers to my doctor's appointments just so he can, you know, tell me like if it was a hard booger or a soft one, what does that mean? You know, as far as the mucus builds up oh, inside my God. of my sinus. So I used to have a, a booger fetish. <laughs> that is hysterical. And the fact that you called it a booger fetish <laughs> is even better. I love that. <laughs> okay. What is your drink of choice? Well, my drink of choice, I'm trying to slow down a little bit more nowadays, um, but my absolute favorite drink of choice is always a nice, strong, stiff cranberry and vodka. It has to have at least two and a half to three shots, very light on the cranberry juice, heavy on the ice, and put about two or three um, slivers of lime in it. And, you know, you want to squeeze the lime a little bit. Mm. <laughs> So you like a I love good, that, but nowadays good, strong, I'm having more champagne. Okay, just so yeah. I can, you know, <laughs> not stumble all over the place. I I like to end my nights with champagne. Okay. I mean, I, that sounds a little bougie, <laughs> but I like like I do a lot of I do vodka martinis for most mm. of the night, mm-hmm. or like a vodka rocks or vodka soda, and then I'll end it like that's how I know when I'm cutting myself off is I'll order a glass of champagne. I can take it. Right, exactly. You know that that's not bougie at all. That's just you being a classy bitch. Okay. <laughs> Let's be champagne. A lot of people end with a beer, so why not? End okay. With champagne instead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beer is good. I mean, listen, I just had three Hanukkins yesterday. I went to Graceland. I was in Memphis. Yeah. Living it up. Such a great time. And I was throwing back Hanukkins, and I didn't even know I had that in me still. <laughs> all the way back in the day when I was in my 20s, obviously. But hey, listen, oh if you guys God. are not drinking beer anymore, you might want to give it a revisit because it's, it's really good stuff still. Okay, last question in the icebreakers. If you had to be reincarnated as a Kardashian, which one would it be? Oh, if I had <laughs> to be reincarnated <laughs> as a Kardashian? Oh, that's, that's, you know, that's, oh my goodness. Okay, do I measure... You know, the ass or the bank account. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, there are so Ooh, many that you pick the one with the biggest ass and, and the, the biggest, biggest bank account. Okay. Right. Exactly. I, listen, I want to be, I would want to be a mixture of all of them. I would want to be mm. all of them, I think. But I, if I had to pick, oh, goodness. I think I would be, I think I'm more Chloe. Okay. I, mm. I, I just feel like I relate to Chloe the most. I feel like Chloe's very, not to say the other sisters are not, she's just real. And Chloe's vulnerable from, you know, any given time. And I like that. And, you know, she's real sensitive at the same time. And um, she does have the largest ass, I think. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah she does. <laughs> So Tiffany, it's funny when um when we found when I we finalized booking you on the show, I text uh I text Keith and I was like, So are you <laughs> fan of Tiffany Pollard, New York from Flavor of Love? And he's like, Oh my god, yeah, she is the HBIC. He was like <laughs> ready for okay. you. Yes. I mean, seriously, let me just take two seconds to fanboy for a moment because I love you, you know, (laughs) and I think that for my, I'm a millennial, I'm an old, I'm 31, but to be black, to be young, to be gay, there's no way that we cannot acknowledge Tiffany Pollard. So when Zach texted me, I was like, are you kidding me? Let's do it. (laughs) I'm so excited. Yeah. Now y'all got me wishing I was sitting in studio, but I know. you know there's always time to redo that. But I just thank you so much for that, Keith, because 
see, y'all younger ones, y'all newer generation, what y'all do is actually, without even realizing it, you keep our old bitch like me relevant. <laughs> and you, keep me, you know, letting these new cats know that, oh, no, honey, I don't care who's on the scene. A decade ago, this bitch is the one who kicked it all the way the fuck off. Yeah, so. that's right. <laughs> Let's just be so all the way clear. Facts out there. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like that era was like such, like, that is what, to me, defined pop culture. It did. That era yeah. of, of of TV and just and just celebrity in general like that was like the the pinnacle of pop culture is that that chunk of time yeah and i love the way you know zach and keith you guys talked about the other shows as well because Mm -hmm. it was like this pandemonium spinoff thing that just spiraled out of control you had the rock of love i love money flavor of love i love new york it was just you know even the entertain entertainer of love there was so many Spin-off shows, really oh, good yeah, shows. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the entertainer. Just... Yeah, yeah, it was so much going on. And there was even Megan Wants a Millionaire. Oh, yeah, but that got, that oh, got okay. pulled after three episodes. <laughs> right. So just to be a part of that when reality television was just at this height. At in this it was. I mean, it was such a, a push in the culture. We A lot of people revere and we think about Kim Kardashian or Paris Hilton. Mm-hmm. But let's be clear. Right. This is what Tiffany opened the door Paul for them. Right, come on. Right there from Let's the beginning. Let's be honest. Okay. Let's just be Yeah, real. before the, the right. Kardashian booty, there was the Tiffany Pollard who rolled out the red carpet for them. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. So, Tiffany, what would you say is, like, your occupation or your job? Like, how would you define that for somebody? Maybe an 18-year-old. I, um, I just interviewed a young Instagram influencer who is 18, um, who probably, oh, wow. who didn't, uh, like, wasn't around for that era. Like, how would right. you explain yourself to that newer, younger generation? Easy. The same way I explained myself all the way back then is the same way I'm doing it today because it's the God honest truth. I am nothing but a humble servant, meaning mm. that I am a jack of all trades. If you show up and you need a nurse, I will be a nurse. <laughs> if you show up and you need a bitch to tell it like it is, I will be that bitch. I have wear so many hats at any given moment. And, you know, I just know how to stay relevant mm-hmm. without overdoing it and trying to be something that I'm not and to create some kind of buzz just because I'm scared because my 15 minutes may be up. No, I have a niche of followers that appreciate me and how authentic I am. And they know I'm never pushing myself to the limit just to try to stay rolling in this fast-paced world that we all live in. No, I'm a humble servant, and I just show up and I keep it 1,000% real. And that's been working for me financially, socially, and um, obviously in the entertainment industry. And I, I don't veer from those things. I love that because I feel like there's such like that that work ethic like you are a hustler and that work ethic I feel like lacks sometimes mm-hmm. you know especially with the mm-hmm. younger generations mm-hmm. it's more of like you know I I have to focus on my brand or I have to only do this or I can only take this path but it's like if you want to have a career that's you know that sustains you know when you're older <laughs> like you can't just be posting pretty fucking pictures on Instagram like that's right. not the way to like you know have a career down the line like Instagram's not going to mm-hmm. be there forever mm-hmm. you know MySpace mm-hmm. what, like Tila Tequila's gone MySpace ended oh my and that was done <laughs> you know what I mean and, speaking truth 
you know, you have mm-hmm. to make sure that you're thinking about the long term, the end game, the overall, you know, goal in the end. Like, not just today and right now. Like, yeah. yes, live in the present and all that, you know, woo 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 shit. But like, we really need to think big picture as well. And that's what, and Tiffany, you've been able to sustain, like, where is Megan wants a millionaire? Megan be selling real estate, you know, in Miami. I don't know where she's at. And you're yes. still relevant and you're still doing your thing and you're still on TV. Yes. And this is because, you know, I have to tell you honestly, Zach and Keith, that I have a legacy to leave behind mm-hmm. before my blood stops pumping through my body and my heart stops. I know I have something, you know, divine to leave this earth. And this is why a lot of people may not understand this and it may not make sense to them. But I will have my own HBIC ministry. Yes, I will. I'm going to be a televangelist. This is a big dream of mine. And I feel like I'm coming into fruition of it and it's starting to take hold of me. And I know I'm going to be one of these great people that leads people to heaven. You're you're offering value to people. And I think that's that's really the key that Mm -hmm. has kept you uh, still in the game. I agree. Thank you very much. And well, well, are y'all gonna be a member of my church? Oh, you know, you can sign me up right now. (laughs) Faux show. And I'm glad to be on this broadcast right now where people can hear my voice, hundreds of thousands of people, because what we need to stop doing as a race of humanity is making people feel bad about themselves and about the choices that they may have in this life. Mm -hmm. Because I tell you right now, God has no respecter of person. He loves us all the same. And I'm sorry, and I'm tired of people feeling like they can't be a Christian or they can't, you know, exude a love for God because of lifestyle decisions. Mm -hmm. No, he didn't say that. That's man oppressing hate and hatred upon certain, you know, people in different lifestyles. And I'm sick of that, and I'm here to just bust all that up and just let everybody know that they're welcome to heaven and God loves them all equally. Okay. I love that. I'm here for it. And, you know, speaking of your voice. I'm like getting down on my knees right now. <laughs> You're ready. ready to pray? <laughs> Wait, but what are you getting down there for? <laughs> uh, to worship. <laughs> let me clarify. Getting on my knees to worship. Right? But I think, you To know, worship God. Let me clarify that even more. Quickly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Quick insert, but I think, you know, just talking about your voice and your presence, because it is one that everybody has come to know. You have so many moments on television and history. I've got to say, you know, another reason why I was super glad to be invited back, because I do a podcast, The Blog, and we Mm -hmm. spend a lot of time, like, using pop culture and nostalgia. And one thing that we do is we insert, like, these sound bites from pop culture. So I did want to ask you, I'll give you, like, my favorite Tiffany Pollard moment is, get your ass back in line. And we use that on our podcast. But I wanted to know, you've said so many moments, so many quotes. Like, what is, like, your favorite saying that you say? Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, so it's so funny that you set that up like that, Keith, because <laughs> there are so many moments. Mm-hmm. And I literally can remember being in each and every one of them and being frustrated by those other people. <laughs> and they would, like, they would, like, push me. To the edge where, you know, I was just so done and over it with them. But I have to say, Beyonce, Beyonce. (laughs) Oh, yes. You look like Luther Vandross. Oh, my gosh, yes. (laughs) Perfect. 
Beyonce. Oh, I love it. It was just perfect. All of those moments. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Not you. Like, you were just so. (laughs) You were made for TV. Unapologetic. I love it so much. Do you have a most memorable, like, show that you've done or experience? Yeah, you've done so many. Yeah, what would you say is, like, the most? Most memorable and most hard show was definitely New York Goes to Work. Oh, I, they put you to work. Uh, at that damn beekeeper and exterminator, like, that was, like, so difficult. And there was no, you know, uh, production running in and saving me and going, <laughs> yeah, these bees won't sting you or these rats won't bite you. I was literally, like, a man all by myself, every man for himself, on your own. So that would have to be, like, the hardest thing I've done, most memorable. I love it. Yes. What, um, have you kept in contact with any of, like, your former contestants on Flavor of Love or any of the former suitors from I Love New York? Yeah, that's a great question, guys. (laughs) Actually, I'm still, I'm still really good friends with TaylorMade. Oh, I was going to ask about that. I know, right? Mm. (laughs) Um, and I'm really good friends with, uh, Red Oyster. I don't know if you guys, of course you remember her from Flavor of Love season one. Yeah. So Little what, Miss Asian persuasion. Yes, oh, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So what? What would your relationship with Taylor made like? Was that real? Were you guys because you guys were like very passionate? And I don't want to believe that that was just for TV, right? Well, you don't want to believe it because you couldn't believe it because it wasn't. It mm-hmm. was so real. So why didn't it, it work out though? For television. Literally, when we got off set, we were both making phone calls. <laughs> me transferring my belongings to where he lived at, and us moving together and making it work. Like we were literally, like while we were on set, they were breaking down the set, and we were making like U-Haul plans. <laughs> wow, that's how real it was. So why didn't it work out? Ah, uh, because I'm a stark raving bitch and I make <laughs> no apologies for it. I, I mean, it. living with New York on a basis where there's 20 other guys in the house and I'm not getting her every day, that's one thing. But him enduring me mm-hmm. every day <laughs> for hours and hours and hours, it began to be too much. And I do. I, I accept the whole responsibility and say I'm the one that tore the relationship up. Wow. Do you still believe in love? Do you still want to be married and, you know, have access to that dream? Are we doing I Love New York well, 3? Ooh. Well, I mean, there is a lot of wonderful things coming out in the future that will tell the story of my story love life and my past and the obstacles that I face right now and why I'm not successful in love. You know, my journey is not over, but I think that it has just now began because I'm able to speak truthfully about, you know, my shortcomings as a woman who cannot be nice to men. You know, I really like to be disgusting and mean and evil (laughs) and unfortunately it just hurts my chances of keeping a guy there but I'm gonna be you know I will I will I don't want to say too much but there will be some stuff coming out soon (laughs) that will help further (laughs) I'm ready for it (laughs) but I'm here baby I want the help I need the help (laughs) so I can get married (laughs) I love it um so 
what happened? Like you were at the the height of it all. You started on Flavor of Love. You got I Love New York. You got New York Goes to Hollywood. New York Goes to Work. Like you were getting all of these spinoffs. And then all of a sudden, like that kind of era just ended. Mm-hmm. What? Well. What happened to New York? Where did she go? The, <laughs> the tragedy that transpired was totally out of my control. Mm. And I don't want to brush on it too much because people lost their lives. And I don't want to seem by no ways that I'm saying my career is bigger than that. But I ain't going to lie to you. I had two shows in the green, meaning literally I was about to shoot I Love New York 3. And I was mm. about to shoot New York Goals to Work Part 2. Mm. But they had went overseas to another country to shoot i believe it was i love money season two mm-hmm. and then while before that that show wrapped one of the contestants went back killed himself and killed unfortunately killed one of his girlfriends or ex-girlfriend and because of that you know we had to stop mm-hmm. doing the shows that we had planned and all that stuff kind of went into high but by no means did I ever lose my popularity. Yeah. I just got spent up into something that you want to just wrap up in a bow and call it charge it to the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just had to, you know, I took that L, well, a couple of L's, because I finally had them at the dollar amount that I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> it was a tragedy, but, you know, I didn't get that. But the thing is, I'm back and, you know, things are cooking up again. But it was just, it was, I didn't understand when we had to take the breather, but. It's just that thing you can't really call it. You just really honestly do have to just charge it to the game and be like, oh, damn, you yeah. know? D- you never did I Love Money, huh? Hell no. <laughs> you like to me on that shit. It's like, first of all, we don't get this bitch her own show. Right. <laughs> we don't get I Love New York. And there's no way we're going to cast her in a house and then to, you know, <laughs> make her, because when yeah. you're doing your own show, they treat you like royalty. Yeah. yeah. So me going back into an ensemble cast at that time, it was just not going to no. work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going you backwards. You didn't do Charm School either. I loved Charm School. Oh my God. <laughs> Can you imagine? Charm School was so magical, wasn't it? I, <laughs> that's one of my favorite shows. It, yeah. it was just produced so lovely and every day. I didn't do it, but it was fun going into the house and having that guest slot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, girls yeah they gave us such a a moment and for you i know we speak a lot about your work ethic and one of the questions that i have because in different roles and in different shows what you provided to the culture is a a lot of an outlet and laughter and some people may not agree with some of the things that you said but i'm interested in knowing like how seriously do you have to take yourself and take your career to be consistent, to be, you know, relevant and to work in this industry outside of being a personality or lending Mm -hmm. your natural talent, but you clearly had to put some work behind what you're doing. There's some intention there. So how seriously do you have to take yourself to continue to work in this industry today? It's a great question. It's so funny because to tell you the truth, I mean, the goodness, honest to God, truth keeps, I really seriously like I'm like this I wake up and I ask my damn self what do you want to be today bitch what do you want to become who do you want to you know like where is your energy focused at Mm -hmm. and I allow myself to go hey you know what I want to learn how to play a piano well I'm gonna be a pianist or if I want to learn how to plant some tomatoes well guess what I'm gonna move to a farm upstate New York and then learn how to plant 
Like, my whole thing is I don't put pressure on myself Mm -hmm. because I know at the end of the day, these genres and these jobs and things, you know, they don't last forever. Yeah. And I don't want to go deep and getting dark, but you got people that's making hundreds of millions of thousands of dollars and still blowing their brains out. We don't have to mm-hmm. talk about that, but you know yeah. what I'm alluding to. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of suicide out there. So my whole thing is I just make sure I'm happy when I wake up every single day. If I want to pick up the phone and go call one of my booze and, you know, go out to eat. And maybe go to some fancy hotel and screw, then I do that. You know, and then <laughs> yeah. if I want to focus on my career, then I do that. But every day, I I just think it's important to check my happiness temperature. And then once I, I know I'm happy with my decision, then I just go in that direction. But by no means, mm-hmm. I, I don't have any type of pressure on myself. Yeah, I feel like we we put ourselves on on paper and we have to check off all of these things off the list off the list and we have to like make sure we you know we have the job and we have the man and we have the house and we have the Instagram following mm-hmm. and it's like it it doesn't add substance to our life like it really just it it's it's a resume mm-hmm. that we're building and it doesn't provide any value and we have to look at what value we're providing to other people especially when we have we have a platform like this mm-hmm. you know that's why you know as much as I love to talk pop culture on the show like I like to you know make sure I, we ask people questions that are going to provide value to people that are listening and and realize that like we also have to you know as much as we are, we're fulfilling other you know other people when we have a platform we also have to make sure we're happy mm-hmm. and we're doing things that excite us you know even when i feel the most overwhelmed like i make sure that every project that i take on i truly love and enjoy it because otherwise it it you know it defeats the entire purpose of why any of us are doing any of this and you know and then we end up in these tragedy stories which i think we have too many of now Mm -hmm. Mm. well see what you're doing Zach, is just serving mankind you don't have to go all the way to India to do it. You don't have to go all the way to villages and remote places to do it. What you're doing right now is literally serving mankind in the human purpose. And um, just the fact that you do things with such integrity and make sure that they're done right and it's not just not done in pop culture and just that's it. You know, you go deeper. And, and that's, that's perfect. I mean, you're full circle. And that's what I'm all about, too. hmm for sure, yes. And, you know, speaking of uh, kind of, I guess, when things bleed over from pop culture into mm-hmm. real life and, and tragedy and that mm-hmm. whole thing, you also were mm-hmm. one of the first to kind of lend your voices to, you know, coming out and talking about mental illness. I remember you were on a show, some yeah. show, of course, talking about bipolar disorder. And this is before uh, Mariah Carey, before mm-hmm. the Kanye West. <laughs> I've been reading like Jennifer Lewis's book, the, like, the audio version of Black yeah. Woman or Black Mother of Black Hollywood. And she talks about, you know, dealing with bipolar and the mania behind it so how do you find Mm -hmm. ways to kind of keep that balance i know happiness you make clear is such a big deal for you but in kind of gauging the mental illness side of it and dealing with that how do you cope well see this is the thing and i'm so grateful that those other women women have since come out and spoken about it because the more we speak about things that are not glamorous and things that may be you know taboo or something that is a little bit uncomfortable we're really helping people because they're strengthening numbers. And a lot right. of people deal with, you know, bipolarism and, and just different things, you know, mental illness and things like that. And I just felt like the reason why I spoke on it is because it was something that was 
my reality. Mm-hmm. Like I was living there in a, in, for a very long time, you know, being up one minute and then down the mi- one minute, you know, very happy and then very angry, just so many, you know, emotions. And I didn't even know what was wrong with me. But I tell you, you know, just doing the research and allowing yourself, because I'll say this, in the African-American community, we have stigmas against mm-hmm. embracing a lot of illnesses. But I will say this in the in the Caucasian community, and I'm not saying that they're crutches, but they're okay with diagnosing things yeah. and getting proper help. And mm-hmm. with us, sometimes we go, oh, just shake that off, girl. Ain't nothing wrong with you. Yeah. Or boy, you know, you better stop it. You just cutting up and doing the most. But no, these are actual chemicals and things in our bodies and our minds that we're dealing with. And it's okay to seek help and go, hey, you know what? I have this because when I look at all these symptoms, I'm getting eight of them out of 10. So this is something Mm -hmm. that I'm dealing with. And I just wanted other people to know, especially of African-American descent, that it was okay to, you know, figure some things out that, hey, you may be dealing with. Mm -hmm. I love that. So New York, if there was art, Tiffany, I still see you as New York. And I love, (laughs) like you are the, the queen New York forever. But Tiffany, so if there was one kind of message that you wanted to end this interview on, like one thing that you think these listeners really need to hear, and we have like a, a young millennial audience. So if you can recapture that, pretend you're on, you're on VH1 right now and you have that audience, what would you hope that they take away from today's conversation? Because we talked about everything from Taylor made to mental health, to mental health. Yes. <laughs> yes. The young, the young millennium audience. Okay. First of all, I want to say I love you guys. And this is important. I really want you to hear this. Dig this all the way to the forefront. Understand if you're going through any type of bullying, be it at school or social media or just anywhere where you're just feeling ostracized and you're feeling alone and you're feeling like, hey, they don't get me or I make no sense whatsoever or I'm this big, stupid, absolute mistake. Stop Mm. it. This is only a moment. Mm -hmm. I used to go through so much bullying in high school. It wasn't even funny. It was so bad to the point where I actually had to go to night school. Mm. But what they don't tell you and what teachers don't understand or they don't know how to articulate, but I want to say it, this is only a moment in life. Once you pass that situation, the ugly duckling becomes the hottest male or female (laughs) known Mm -hmm. to man Mm -hmm. or if you're, you know, out of shape or whatever it is, whatever they're giving you hard time about, I swear, give it five more years, it just literally disappears. Yeah. And I just want, you know, the young millennium audience just to know that keep doing you, stay true to yourself, never lose your voice, never feel like you have to follow the crowd, keep your own head about yourself and just pay it forward. Because you're going to matter. One day I'm going to be gone. But what the legacy you set out to do and become, whatever it is, that's going to last. So, you know, you can take bits and pieces for everyone, from everyone. Hopefully I inspire you. Hmm. But just never stop being the best you you can be. That's right. Yeah. There are haters. There's going to be criticism. It's going to burn you down. But that's yeah. where that's yeah. where the phoenix fucking rises from the ashes. Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> 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 
Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to this week's episode of Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Tiffany, where can people go and follow you on social media and stay tuned for your future projects? Yes, because y'all know I need more followers. followers. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Peter, y'all know that. Y'all find me at Tiffany underscore Pollard. Oh, no, excuse me. Tiffany underscore HBIC mm-hmm. underscore Pollard. And that's on Instagram. And on Twitter, it's at Tiffany Pollard. I love it. And you can follow me at Just Plain Zach. Keith, where can they find you? Follow me on all social media at Keith underscore Andre. And your podcast is? The blog, T-H-E-B-L-A-W-G. I love it. And don't forget to subscribe and listen to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter every Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, all the places we're there. So go follow us, subscribe, tune in every Wednesday and leave us a nice five-star review because I love five-star reviews. Um, and until then, Keith and I are going to finish this bottle of Dry Farm Wines, which you can check out at dryfarmwines.com slash Zach, Z-A-C-K and get your own hangover-free bottle right now. All right. I got to go. Bye. Bye.